podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the Sons of UCF, the number one place for UCF sports. With your distinguished host, Adam. What was your reaction when you got notified that you were going to be a, a Hall of Famer? How does that sound to you, Coach O'Leary Hall of Famer? Yeah, I'm in a number of Hall inducted into a number of Hall of Fame. And Mike. I don't know if you know this, but I won the 5K race that we did. Oh, boy. Now, here are the guys. All right, we're back on the Suns UCF. We have a fantastic guest this evening. Mike and I are really excited about the guy who's joining us in a second. But before we get to him, we do want to quickly remind you that support for the Suns UCF is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. And you heard that right. That's the 4.0. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Our exclusive offer... 20% off worldwide shipping. Go to manscaped.com, promo code Sons of UCF. That is manscaped.com, promo code Sons of UCF. Speaking of man, the guy joining us tonight is a man because he made big-time plays, particularly in the big games, Mike. When you think of this guy, you can think of some of the biggest games in UCF history, and I promise you that he made a play in one of those games. And we are proud to have Dredrick Snelson join us this week on the show. First off, Dredrick, thanks so much for taking some time out of the schedule to uh, to join us this week. No problem, man. I appreciate the opportunity getting able, being able to talk to you guys. No, we're excited. We got a lot of cool stuff to get to. I know you've got your own business that you just recently launched. We can't wait to hear more about what that looks like. Uh, but let's get in some fun stuff about your UCF career before we do anything else. Um, you came to UCF at an interesting time. You were being recruited in that 2015 season. Uh, obviously, UCF did not win a game during that season. I know you were committed to Minnesota for a while, Miami for a while. Then the staff change comes at UCF, and, and Leary's out, and Frost is in. Can you take us back to your recruitment and what that was like and how how involved UCF was for you back in those days? Uh, I felt like I pretty much had a, a tough, tough recruitment because it was so many schools. It was also Penn State came down to it. But um, I felt like UCF was the perfect fit for me. I went through a great recruitment process with them. Uh, Coach Troy Walters and Frost, um, just great guys. I fell in love with the, with the culture that they were trying to build, and I really wanted to play in the offense like that. Yeah, you, you had to take a leap of faith, right? Because at that point, that staff had never been together. The offense you saw under O'Leary was nowhere what Frost and Walters wanted to run. How much faith and confidence did you have in, in kind of what you saw? And, and was it the, the, the Oregon system that kind of gave you that confidence? Is that what kind of excited you about coming to play for Frost and Walters? Yeah, that, that played a big part. But uh, also, I couldn't really go off of that because, you know, it could have changed once he got there. But they were just – they stayed true through the whole process, and um, they had faith in me. And, yeah, the offense pretty much – that played a key factor, but it was them them being good people during the recruiting process what really led me to want to be in a great culture like UCF and play for coaches like that. Did you play in a similar style offense in high school before that or no? Uh, yeah, we pretty much ran like a pretty fast spread, but I played quarterback in high school too. So, so what, did you play receiver at all in high school or is this you dude, was completely a new position? So many, like we scored so many points and they put me at quarterback a few times. I got it on my high school highlight tape. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what was the biggest adjustment you had to make when you moved over to college? Um, uh, I would feel like just, just growing mentally and, um, just being more mature because you know you have to grow up when you get to college. Um, schedule, following a very strict schedule, and um, just time management. I feel like that um, you learn that a lot entering college. So that built me for a lot. I think your freshman year, your breakout game, I want to say, was the UConn game. You had a pretty big day that day. What do you remember from that day? Uh, pretty much everything. Uh, <laughs> catch. Um, it was like third and seven. And um, we needed that play because we didn't have many momentum going into that game. Uh, not going into the game, but, like, as we got in some situations. But, um, yeah, and then we went to the sideline, and um, I believe he called it. He just he wanted to see if I was ready. You know, I was a freshman being thrown in an environment like that. So um, he gave me an opportunity, and I scored on a seam route. That was a close game, right? It wasn't a blowout versus UConn uh, that year. It was a pretty decent yeah. game. I think it was pretty close at first. Yeah, it was our first game uh, with that with that offense. Um, so it was tight at first. Then we, I think we pulled away at the end. Yeah. 
Well, 2016 was kind of a unique year for UCF, right? A lot of ups and downs, but ultimately, I think that, and, and maybe you would agree, that became kind of like the building blocks for what the team became in, in 17 and 18. What did you guys learn about yourselves that 2016 season? Even though maybe you didn't get as many wins as you wanted, what did you and the guys take away from what you learned that year? Adversity, uh, growing together as a group. It was a lot of things that just wasn't clicking, but of course we made it work. Um, yeah, I would just say just growing, growing together as a unit, you know, playing more for each other and not individually. And um, I think the second year showed that pretty well. Yeah, no, it sure did. But look, take us back to that offseason. We hear all the time, you know, receivers and quarterbacks get together in the offseason. They're running routes. They're throwing with each other. What did you do that offseason? How close were you and KZ? Were you guys running routes all the time? Were you guys kind of staying in shape? What did you do in that offseason between your freshman and your sophomore year? Uh, we worked out a lot because we wanted to build a uh, chemistry, us, myself, and the other receivers as well coming in. Uh, we wanted to build that chemistry with our quarterback. I knew he was a great player being recruited, and when he signed, I heard he had signed before I did, actually. Um, yeah, we just built that chemistry over time, and we threw we threw a lot together one-on-one -on -one time, like a lot together, uh, me and Traquan as well, as well as Gabe Davis. Um, yeah, we just built that chemistry. I think it was it was pretty pretty awesome. Who kind of leads that stuff? Is that like, do you wake up to a text message from one of them? Are you are you texting those guys like, hey, let's together? How does that how does that happen? Is it just organic? You guys are just like, hey, I want to go play some ball today. Yeah, man, it was so organic. I feel like all of us wanted to be great. Like we just wanted to be great and just we knew we could do it. We all knew we had the potential to do it, and it just took the small details that you just putting in a little extra work just what makes you different, separates you from the rest. So I feel like we worked very hard. Not only us, us three, but a lot of the the receivers we had as well. Um, yeah, we just made it work. I think it was just the small details that added up in big games, small games. It was just the, the little things that we needed to focus on in the offseason by running routes. It was just tiny things in the route would separate you, and um, that's what made us special. And you mentioned some of the names on that receiving core, maybe one of the best ones we've ever had with you, Trey Quan. Gabe Davis, you got Jordan Akins at tight ends. You got Marlon Williams is a, a freshman that year. Uh, mm -hmm. How competitive that is that in practice between you guys? Very. I feel like we all go at it one-on-ones. Uh, -on a lot of things we did. We just competed, but that's what made us great with each other. So uh, I feel like everyone had their role. And when it was time to play, I feel like all the guys showed up because we all just competed so well, like so well, and everyone was great. So I just – I don't want anybody to think just because we – you know, we played so much or whatever. We had a great football team, even our twos and threes. Just every everybody on that team was just solid and just did their job and just played for one 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 another. So when that season gets going, you guys are hot to start the year. We're not just beating people. We're killing people. Maryland, Memphis, we beat up like 40 to 6. Cincinnati, they stopped the game after three quarters. We were beating them so bad. <laughs> At what point of the season do you think, you know, hey, we got something going here. We may be able to do something special. Um, I feel like I didn't even look at it that way until, honestly, probably the last couple of games because we weren't really focused on that. We just wanted to, honestly, just do our job. We knew, like, it was it was certain things that just made it special for us. So it was just like we didn't really care about that. We just wanted to build together as a team. We knew we could do it. We knew we had the talent to do it. And that's obviously that's what showed. But it was just we just wanted to prove prove something within ourselves. And that team, as far as that, that error. I saw off the top, Judrick, you were a guy, if you think about a big game in those three years and a big play, you were a guy who probably made a big play in one of those big games. But I think one of my favorite plays that you made is probably one of the lesser known games. I'm talking about the Austin P game. You made a touchdown catch in between two defenders where I don't know how the hell you stayed in bounds because it looked like your momentum was dragging you out of bounds. It looked like the, the two defenders were riding you out of bounds, but somehow you get a foot down in the end zone for a touchdown. You, you can't practice that, right? Is that just an instinct play on your part that day? And what do you remember about that play specifically? I still remember it. Uh, yeah, I remember a lot of touchdowns. Uh, it was just <laughs> those things where no, you don't you don't practice that, but you know you have those once in a while catches that you do in practice, like that's just wild, amazing. But honestly, it was just instinct, you know, just tracking the ball, honestly, just never taking my eyes off the ball. I watched that play over a hundred times because I wanted to know how I did it myself. So yeah, it was just stuff, the small things I, I, I referred back to back then that just separates you and make you different, like never taking your eye off the ball when it's in the air, no matter what. 
Yeah, it looked like your foot like just magically all of a sudden just came to the ground. It looked like you were absolutely heading out of bounds and like your foot just kind of like dropped right on the ground there. D- does the DBs say anything to you after a play like that? Do they get up and look at you like, did you catch that? Do you do you say anything to those guys after a play like that? Yeah, because they challenged it like right after because nobody thought I got my foot down. But it was just like a feeling where I knew where I was on the field because I done did it so many times. And just because it was one or two people, you just, like I said, never take your eye off the ball. Like, But I knew where I was on the field, so I just had to make a play. It was instant. Well, you you made a few more plays later on in the year, but obviously the Mike's question earlier, season was going well. You guys continued to win, and you were winning big. But UCF was not getting any sort of love or recognition in the rankings. Each week, the rankings would come out, and you guys would be 17, 18, 15. And slowly but surely, you, you kind of moved up, but you never really got the recognition that the team really deserved. Was that something you guys were watching throughout the year? Did that bother you guys at all? Was that extra motivation knowing that you guys knew you were a, a damn good team, but nobody would give you that credit in the national media? Definitely. I mean, that, that that upset a lot of us, but all we had to do was go out each week and prove, each week and prove that we were honestly the best team, not only in Florida, but everywhere. They just let us play everybody. So I just felt like we just proved it each week that we were top contenders you know, so that we could play for a national championship. Honestly, we had a, we had a championship team. Um, yeah. Were you guys talking so, about that? I know, I know coaches Frost always was like, yeah, we're not even paying attention. We're not looking at all that stuff. That's a lie, though, right? You guys were talking about the locker room. You guys knew where you were, right? Honestly, no, I feel like Coach Frost, no, he wanted us to not, literally to not pay no attention to that. Like, he didn't give too, you know, about it. Like, he just said, focus and play your game. They'll recognize sooner or later. <clears throat> and honestly, and it, and, it, and it showed, honestly, it made us mad because, you know, of course, we, we stay up to date with stuff like that. And it's like, how could we not be a top, top four team, top five team or whatever it was when we putting up the numbers, just as, almost the same competition. But I look at it as football is football. I mean, they put their hand in the dirt like we do. So, and they do what we do. So I just, I feel like it shouldn't have been no different. We should have had a chance. So leading up to that game against the Cows at the end of the year, is it any different in the locker room leading up? I know as a fan, the buildup to that game was incredible. The history we had with these guys, we have had a hard time beating them up to that point. Just everything that was on the line that day, the atmosphere in the building that night. What do you remember about that whole week leading up to the game against South Florida? Oh, honestly, I felt like it was just a another thing where we just, you know, Supposed to be a war on our four. We just went into, went into the game knowing we just need to beat them. They still are little brothers down the street. So that's all we had to do. Just, I feel like that was it was intense, but it wasn't because we again we like we knew what we were capable of. We knew the type of team we had. All we had to do is just go out there and play. That's all we had to do. And everybody do their job. And it showed with the scoreboard again for the second year. It's a back-and-forth game. We're down, we're up, we're up. And then it comes late fourth quarter, we're down, and you are wide open right down the middle of the field, catch a touchdown to take the lead. Is it harder to catch a ball when you're so wide open like that? You you just feel you're just waiting for it instead of having somebody guarding you? Or What what do you remember about that play specifically? I feel like that was one of the biggest plays I ever made in my life. And, um, I feel like, like I referred to again, it's just never taking your eye off the ball when it's in the air. I feel like no matter what's around you, you practice so much, you shouldn't worry about what's what's anything that's around you. Just focus on the ball when it's in the air and make the play. That's all you can do is make the play. If you practice enough and work out enough, you should be comfortable in any situation. So I feel like I, I did a lot of stuff off season, still do a lot of stuff, and that's what Proved it. It was a really exciting moment for me. You know, that changed the game. Then we also had Mike Hughes take back the kick return. So it was great. Great moment. I still remember that. Is it any more different? Like you, you see sometimes basketball players, when they're wide open, they can't hit a shot. They need some guys need a guy in their face. When you're that wide open like that, you just say are you thinking about other things? Oh, I hope I don't trip. Oh, I can't I gotta watch this in. Or you just you just go with the flow. So our thing was our coach used to preach to us, you can't react when the you can't react in a negative way when the ball is in the air. You just gotta stay calm. If you stay calm and collect, I mean the only thing you can do is let it fall. But if you react, 
first thing you're going to do is put your hands up in the wrong way or something like that. So it's just like, just relax and stay calm in that situation and um, make the play. It's not a new situation. I mean, it was a big game, but it wasn't a new situation that hasn't happened. So I feel like you just, you practice enough for it and just be prepared. How did you get so open on that play? I mean, it looked like you were on the you were the kind of the backside. Look up, McKenzie kind of looked you off initially. How did you get so wide open on that play? It was a great play call, Coach Frost. We drew it up nice, um, patiently waited for it. We knew it could be open, and um, yeah, just run the right route. Um, it was a great route, and made the play. It was a great, right, great route and great play call on at the exact right time. It was just, everything was perfect about that. That drive. Were you the primary receiver on that play? Was that play coming to you from from the go? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Well, the crazy didn't stop there, right? Because next week, obviously, we bring Memphis down to Orlando, AAC championship game, and again, the scoring gets kicked off by you. You catch a slant that you probably could have been tackled like two times, but you just bullied your way through some dudes to the end zone. What do you remember of that? I mean, a lot of guys remember you. To your point earlier, you always made tough catches, right? You were the guy who was always great with with big plays, tiptoes and sidelines. But on that particular touchdown, you were just blowing dudes over on the way to the end zone. Was that kind of a different rhythm to your game that people didn't see as much, the the kind of the physical, nasty side where you could catch the ball and you weren't afraid to, to lay a hit on a DB? Definitely. I feel like I do a, I did a lot, you know, blocking. So I feel like I just need to show it with the, with the ball in my hand instead of making long catches, third and long, or just almost looking like a possession receiver, you know? So it was just, you know, just being me, honestly, when I had the right opportunity, it was another great play call uh, to get the game started. So, yeah, just showing my ability, what I could really do. It was, it wasn't nothing new. It was just playing football. So, would you rather moss a guy for a touchdown or bowl a guy over for a touchdown? Uh, I would say moss because that's just where I'm, that's just where I'm from. That's what I'm, <laughs> I just want to deep. <laughs> get a crowd some excitement you know because that's all that's all it's about you know putting smiles on a lot of faces so all we're doing is just going out there and doing what we've been doing forever so well, for, for those of us who were watching that game, that Memphis game like took like five years off my life, right? It was a back and forth. It was overtime. It was double overtime. Obviously, Memphis is driving late, and Riley Ferguson throws the ball, and it ends up in Trey Neal's hands. We win the game. Where were you when that interception happened? What was your first reaction when you realized that we intercepted the ball and that you had just won the American Conference Championship? Oh, man, I think I ran to the other sideline. I, I was already – like I was just talking, talking crazy. I was just <laughs> – Talking crazy because me and the me and we had a few words, me and the DB that I was going against the whole game. So I just wanted to go over there and just prove again that we're the best. You you asked them for their address for Christmas cards and, and whatnot? Oh no, honestly, I felt like I was I, I felt like eventually I would see him again and I think I did. Uh I think I seen him again. Honestly, uh I think we worked out against each other, I think. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, it was just, just proving the point again. <laughs> when the game is like 55 to 51 or whatever the final score was, I don't think any DBs are allowed to say anything for either team, right? <laughs> nah. <laughs> it was going – was, it was talking a lot. You know, it was a really good game. So, it was talking a lot, though. I, I, don't, I don't really talk like that. Honestly, I don't think I never do. But I just – they was talking. Oh, oh. What was the post game like? Obviously, we're very excited to win the game. We're conference champs, a perfect season. But you get the news that Frost is leaving. Take us into the locker room after that game. Uh, um, I mean, words couldn't explain, like describe how I felt when, I, when we found out. So, uh, honestly, I still don't even. That changed a lot of people's lives. Let me just, I'm gonna just say that. That's all I can really say about that. It's just. It changed a lot of people's lives because, you know, we we grew a bond with Coach. I mean, he knows how we all felt about that. So, Did you have any idea what was coming? A lot of people thought maybe they, they you know, you hear rumors, this and that. Did you believe it? Did you not want to believe it before it happened? Uh, honestly, I didn't. I tried to stay out the mix of that. You know, I, I, I just got to accept what would come with the game. I mean, we all do. So, I mean, I didn't really, 
I didn't pay no attention to it. Just just waiting to see what decision he decided to make. It was up in the air. So I'm not gonna say he was set on it. So it was up in the air. So then we get we're gonna go face Auburn in the Peach Bowl. And before the game, Adrian Killens comes out and says that they're not ready for our speed. The SEC doesn't have this type of speed that we have. What kind? What do you feel when you hear that? Do you say, "AK, hey, what, you know, what are you doing? Don't say anything," or you got his back, obviously, and say, "Yeah, you know, you, you want to say something too, but you just don't." Yeah, I got his back no matter what. I'm gonna let him talk because at the end of the day, then we could back it up. So we could prove it. We could back it up. I mean, if you feel like you're gonna, because whatever they thought we were small or whatever they thought. I mean, the results show. You got in trouble, didn't you? For was it the UConn game that game? You you said you were going to put up seventy or something, and they suspended you for a half or what? <laughs> that was um, that was East Carolina. Oh, East Carolina. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that game. Um, yeah, it was a it was a little, it was some, but I think I up eight that game. So I was like, my bad, like two points. <laughs> <laughs> obviously going into that peach bowl going and even the lead up to it you know ak's comments everything going on did you guys have a chip on your shoulder was it was practice more intense more physical did you could you sense that guys were just ready to get kicked off and and that everyone was just 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 amped up to get the game on yeah honestly i feel like guys were just honestly locked in more than ever before because i feel like we just had something to prove because they felt like you know they just felt like we weren't a top contender so it was definitely a little chip on our shoulder, but at the end of the day, we, when we when we watch film, you know, you find a couple. I mean, you just watch film, study film, and you go out there and prepare, and you get it done. Honestly, it's just I feel like we just executed that 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 very well. It was a great play calling. You know, at first it was a little shaky, just like any game. I look at it, and then got a hold of it. You know, ended the season well. Well, like I said, again, a big game, and you're going to make a big play. And now everyone remembers this play, mostly because of McKenzie, right? He does this little scramble drill out of the backfield, like blows this thing up. But people probably forget, you're the guy who actually caught the touchdown pass in the end zone. Take us through that play. Were, were you the designated receiver? Was that something you saw McKenzie just kind of scrambling? You broke your rod off. Take us through that play from your perspective, what you saw and kind of what you want to do once you realize McKenzie was kind of breaking out of the pocket. Uh, being honest, I was just playing football, just backyard football. I mean, he know a lot about it. You know, he played with us in the offseason. You know, he just – he understands, you know, how we like to play and just – he just did his thing, honestly. That's just what he's good at. And I feel like I was – it was just backyard football, you know. Unless he scrambles, just scramble drills. So was that your route or did you run something different once you saw him break? I mean, at first I had a I had a, I had a lock route at first. And then once he broke pocket and I feel like it just – you know, the play was kind of the way it was. Uh, we just taught to adjust, make different adjustments while we're running the routes when he breaks pocket because we know we got an active mobile quarterback. Well, obviously, we know how that game ends, right? UCF comes out on top. And then afterwards, I don't even know if you knew this at the time, but our, our athletic director at the time, Danny White, looks in a camera someplace and says, undefeated national champs. Did you even know he did that, first of all? did you? When did you, I guess, find out that he said that? And what was your reaction when you heard that he was calling you guys national champs? Being honest with you, um, I feel like I didn't find out until I seen the banners we had up around everywhere. I didn't really know because at that time, I don't think I was on my uh, social media to even. Uh, I was off for like a couple of days, but I didn't find out really until I like went out to. I think I had went out to breakfast or something or lunch or something. But it was crazy. It was a great experience. I'm like, I knew like we'll be that. I'll take it because honestly. <laughs> what, do you, what do you say to people now? I'm sure people come up to you now and, and they go, oh, you went to UCF. And do, do people give you, give you, make fun of you? Do people try to make, make fun of the national championship claim? What do you say to people now when they say that to you? Honestly, I feel like I still believe we are national champs. Or honestly, yeah, man, we're national champs. But I still feel like to this day, people even around Orlando or even Miami or Tampa still represent that year and still have banners and pictures and memories of that specific year because they know. Yeah, that. Yeah, Mike Scott went right over, right over his shoulder right there. <laughs> Perfect. That's what I like, guess. So many to see guys like that know, you know, 
they just understand the real game of football that year. It should have it should have just been possible for us, no matter what school or what division we came from. We we proved it had the numbers, so we never lost. So that's it. Nope. <laughs> never gonna take that away. That's what I'm saying. Like we never lost. Uh you know, I just felt like they just looked down on us, which is all good. They know that Yeah, we Yeah, you know, we backed it up again the next year. A whole new coaching staff, everything. Hypo comes in. What's the first impression going from Frost now to Hypo, this guy you've never met before? He comes into the locker room and introduces himself. What are you thinking when you see this guy? Uh, honestly, I didn't know anything about him. I felt like he was just like another coach, just, you know, just getting adjusted, uh, growing a relationship with him. Uh, I think we we grew, we started off, we started out pretty good. Um, he, we talked, you know, a lot first day because I just wanted to get my feel for him, you know. I heard he was a great coach, so just wanted to get my feel. Were you a little nervous maybe that the offense was going to change up a little bit or did he kind of settle you guys down and say you're going to be running a lot of the same stuff? I mean, honestly, it was I was nervous a little bit because I knew he ran a great offense. I mean, I looked it up immediately when we, you know, found out. Um, so, I mean, it was a little slight change, but I feel like it was still potent. It was still a great offense. I feel like we could – you know, he's a great coach. We can make it work. You guys have so much talent. We've talked about all the guys. Traquan obviously leaves, but then you can bring in a guy like Trey Nixon, and, and the train keeps moving. When there's so many guys like that, is it frustrating sometimes where you you can go for a while without getting the ball? Do you need to be in a rhythm to feel better, like you're having a better game or what? I mean, it possibly would go like that for certain guys. I feel like, you know, yeah, it was a uh... – but you understand the game. Like, I was playing for my team, and I just know I knew we were all great. And when my time came, I felt like I just I could have missed the opportunity. But, I mean, you know, a lot of guys probably do get frustrated. I tell them not to, you know, the time will come. Um, just do your part. As long as you're on the field, just do your part. Blocking, whatever it takes to win. If you get the ball, you get the ball. Well, sorry so much sad, man. Everybody in that team had the ability to take take it to the house on any play, right? Like AK could break an 80-yard run. You know, Trey could catch a 60-yard bomb. You could catch a 50-yard bomb. So you guys may only be in the field like two or three plays, right? That that had to be kind of tough to deal with. And like you get in a rhythm and all of a sudden you're like, damn, AK did it again. And you're off the field again, Matt. Like, how was that frustrating? Because you want to celebrate, but you're like, damn, like I only got two plays in the field. Now I'm already off the field again. Um, nah, it wasn't frustrating at all. I mean, I think it's easier for us, honestly. We could <laughs> Relax, refresh, and then when the time comes, I feel like, you know, we're ready for whatever. That's the type of team we had. But if if every guy could score, they could. But if we had so many explosive guys, so you didn't know who was going to take and win at any time. So they just made our jobs easier for one another. You know, people, the less guys got tired, um, I feel like we could interact more or whatever, you know, had a little fun on the sideline. So it just made our job easier, starting off with the O-line. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but uh, the, the winning streak is on the line. We're at Memphis in 2018. We're down at halftime. Things are looking kind of bleak. Uh, McKenzie comes back, makes one of those iconic touchdown runs where he's literally like upside down, flipping the ball over the goal line. Taj McGowan took a fourth and one, like 70 yarders after Tristan Hill flattens a guy out right in the, in the backfield. Um, what is it like to play with a guy like McKenzie, where you said it earlier, you just never know what he was going to do. He was just a magician of getting out of the pocket and just making something happen. As a receiver, what did you have to kind of do to adjust your game to play with a guy like that, where knowing that he could literally throw you the ball at any moment and you got to be ready for it? How did you have to adjust to that kind of style? Um, I feel like just practicing. We needed to get a lot of stuff in in the offseason. And uh, you just adjust to your quarterback. I mean, whatever quarterback that's – I feel like no matter who the quarterback is, I feel like you just need to catch as a receiver. So I felt like him just being him just made our jobs a lot easier too because we like – you know, if you know football, it's just – it's a lot to do with a, a quarterback that can do that. So he makes our jobs, you know, make us look pretty good and we make him look good as well. That's our job. So – was there ever any one play that he made that you looked around your teammates and was like, how the hell did he do that? Was there ever one time where even you had your, your kind of like your mouth was wide open after watching something he did? Yeah. Like he, I mean, if you've seen practice, I mean, he does it every day. He just, he's a wild player. You know, he did a lot of wild things. Like I feel like in the game, I feel like it was, you know, it was, I'm not even sure in the game. I got it. I would have to think on that. But he made so many plays, honestly. He made 
but in practice, I know for for sure, for sure, for sure. Well, obviously that that season got uh, got really um, uh, sad down the end when McKenzie gets hurt, and we go into the uh, the conference championship game again against Memphis, again against home, and you guys all broke out the lace to wear for him, and you famously wore your lay underneath your jeans, underneath your shoulder pads the entire game. What made you do that? Why was that something that you wanted to do for that game? Uh, I feel like I just I didn't want to take it off, you know. I just wanted to represent my brother, and um. Honestly, like I, like I said, I'm, I just, I like to, you know, bring a lot of excitement too, but I wanted him to know, like, you know, he knows how I felt about that. So I was just doing it for him. I didn't want to take it off, honestly, no matter what, you know, even the coaches didn't pretty much get on me about that. Cause they knew how we, how I felt like, you know, the relationship we had, you know, also everybody else. I just, I just, I just kept mine on, you know? Was that Those things like get the- itchy though sometimes, no? Don't you feel like <laughs> don't you feel like ripping it off at some point when you're all sweaty? Paying attention to it too much, honestly. Like I tried to like tuck it in all the way, but it kept coming up. So it wasn't really like I wasn't paying no attention to it, honestly. I just kept it on. I know you're used to playing in big games, big atmospheres, but that was a different kind of atmosphere. Was that the most emotional? kind of game atmosphere you've been a part of right i'm sure you've been a part of hype crowds you've been a crowd of loud rowdy crowds but that day was kind of an emotional day was that different for you to kind of adjust to the different kind of energy in the stadium that day definitely it was um it was heartwarming you know it was raw it was it was just raw energy and i feel like it was it was it was a lot of a lot of emotions going on so i feel like we still had to go out there you know still get the job done no matter what so it just made us play a little harder dig a little deeper yeah, made it happen. So we go to the Fiesta Bowl. We face LSU, obviously a very talented team. You see all the guys that were on that team now in the NFL. What, what actually went wrong that day? Because I still think we, should, we had a very good chance of winning that game. We were up early in that game, and uh, things just kind of slipped away. What happened? Man, um, you know, just playing for we didn't, we didn't play fundamental football. You know, we let it go a little bit. A lot of, a lot of plays. A lot of plays we missed. A lot of, you know, a lot of assignments, you know. It was a different environment for most people. Or we just didn't come to play that day, honestly. But we could have. We, we should have done. We should have got the job done. What was the locker room like after that game? I and mean, we had won 25 straight. A lot of those guys in that locker room had never lost a game in college. And here we are, lost the last game of the season. What's everybody like? Is there crying? Is it just kind of relief? Maybe not that it's over. What was that whole game like? Uh, it was a little, it was a little bit emotional because you know it was it was a game we should have we should have won, but you know we just didn't get it done. So yeah, it was it was emotional. We should have won it. Like no matter what, we should have won that game. No matter which quarterback we had or what players we had, everybody was. Prepare, so should have just won. Well, after the game, you had a decision to make. You could have come back for your senior season, but you opted to to go pro. What factors led to you making that decision? Were there, I guess, who did you talk to? What kind of people did you take as your as your counsel, and what ultimately kind of led to you making that decision? Uh, I felt like my I had a solid team around me. I felt like my mom. Um, I talked to a few guys, older guys that I play with that's in the league right now. Um, I just felt like it was the best decision for me, honestly. And um, yeah, it was just it was a it was a it was a looking back at it, it was a it was a good move for me. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I can say about that. Do you have any uh, looking back and obviously seeing how the 2019 season went? Do you do you wish you would have stayed, or are you still happy with your decision? Uh, no, I probably should have probably should have stayed, but at I mean, I don't, I can't go back. So I just, I rock with my decision. I felt like it was, it was a good decision for me at the time. And a lot was going on. So I just felt like it was a good decision for me. Well, you still got a chance. So you end up with uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, you end up with them for a period of time. Take us through that day. Cause I got to imagine as a kid growing up, right? You've been playing ball all your life. You love football. And there's one day you get around and you're sitting in an NFL locker room and you're putting on an NFL Jersey and you're going out to play on an NFL football field. How exciting was that? Was that like a dream come true moment for you just to get that opportunity? And what was that experience like for you? Definitely. I mean, as a kid growing up, that's all I wanted to do is actually play, play in the NFL and be there for 
long time. But, you know, just getting the opportunity to go out there and just perform and show what I could do to NFL coaches just, just proves that, you know, it's, it's possible. And I did it. So that's all I could really say about that. I mean, I feel like it was a great experience for me. You know, that's all I wanted to do as a kid. So made a lot we of saw recent. We saw recently you're healthy again. You're playing. You, you went out to, to uh, play for the Predators. How's that going? Are you still playing or are you still uh, pursuing the dream or what? Uh, yeah, I'm actually still working out for the NFL. And you know? I'm just waiting on the phone call. I've been training every day. So I'm back actually 100% healthy, like completely. Um, yeah, you know, I'm just working out. I need to uh, start getting back on social media and then just getting out there again because I just know it's been a while. So. Yeah, I don't think people knew or, or kind of know about what you what you went through the last couple of years from an injury standpoint. Is that something you're, you're comfortable sharing, kind of the injuries that you went through and kind of your rehab process the last couple of years, getting yourself back healthy? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a pretty – it was a significant it – was, it, was, it, was, it was a bad injury. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty bad. But, you know, I, I played through it. And, um, yeah, my rehab process was pretty simple. It was it was tough at first, but pretty simple after that because I, I just recovered fast. I recovered very fast, and um, but just getting back normal again, it was pretty hard, you know, just running and stuff. So it just took some time, and now I'm back healthy. So, so now you're a business owner too. You opened up a a smoothie shop. What is it Fit Smoothie Orlando? Is that yeah, the, the right name? Smoothie bar, smoothie bar slash. It's a lot. It's smoothies, though. Smooth. <laughs> Where's this place at? How can people find it? Is there a website? What do they got to do to check it out? Yeah, it's actually on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's Fit Smoothie Orlando, and we're located right at We Fit. Uh, it's We're Evolving Fitness Gym. Um, that's pretty much it. And the address is 6649 Amroy Court. And yeah, come check us out. Best smoothies in Orlando, I promise. So it's already open? You guys already open for business? or yeah, it's just actually open. We've been open for the last two days. So we just had a soft opening uh, two days ago, which was Saturday. And um, now we're officially open. I'm working so all the what? kinks out right now. One more time. Smooth. Everything, working out all the kinks or everything's running pretty smoothly already? Yeah, yeah. Everything's running smooth. You should actually come check it out. It's pretty. Oops. I haven't had any complaints. What, what interests you about getting involved in this? Obviously, there's all different kinds of business that you can get involved in. What kind of drew you to, to get involved in the smoothie game? Uh, honestly, I felt like um, it wasn't thinking too hard about it. It was uh, I love smoothies. I always love smoothies. So I just felt like it's easy to make if you just, you know, do the right things. If you just put the time and the effort into certain things. And it's easy. I feel like if you do your re if people did more research on small businesses like that. That's what make people billionaires, millionaires, whatever, just wealthy people. So I just I feel like I learned a lot outside of football and just I just wanted to do something different and it played out. I just love smoothies, honestly. There's a lot that come with it, but I just love smoothies. What's your what's your go to if I if I if I check you out what what smoothie do I have to have what's like the top smoothie what's your what's the Snelson recommendation of smoothies if I if I get to your spot I would say the Hawaiian Island that's my favorite smoothie on the menu the Hawaiian Island all right well uh, pineapples I'm pineapple sure. I assume in that yes sir okay, <laughs> okay. I can I can't give you the you gotta come I, check know, it. I don't want yeah. <laughs> I don't want. Are you are you back there making the smoothies yourself? Are you back there with the working the blenders and the whole nine yards? Uh, nah, not me really. I got <laughs> a complete cover. I got one person right now doing that. So, uh, nah, I do. I would though every now and then, you know, if I'm if I'm needed. So yeah, yeah. But I got got somebody doing that. You guys give out lays with the Hawaiian smoothies. Like you got a bunch of those laying around. Right, I did. Honestly, I should. But nah. I, <laughs> that's smart though honestly I you need hit what you need when kz's in town you need to hit kz up have him come by for a hawaiian smoothie get a pick on instagram yeah that'll blow up yeah actually i'm gonna i just been a little busy you know just yeah everything up you know i just actually just posted it today on my instagram for the first time so i'm still getting all the right people to come check me out and you know, oh. a lot of a lot of family 
What's your goal? Are you hoping to maybe open a two or three more, hoping to kind of make this into sort of a where you have multiple locations down the road? Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm very interested in that. Um, I feel like that did a lot of research on that. I feel like that's a that's a good alley pathway to take, honestly. It's, you know, it's something small and simple, but it could turn out, you know, big. But yeah, wherever it takes me, honestly, I'm definitely interested in that. Well, I saw. What do we have to do to get a smoothie named after us? Sons of UCF Ooh. smoothie. Ooh. Honestly, oh, that's gonna cost us, Mike. That's gonna, that's gonna cost us something. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I won't say it on camera. It won't be. All that. right. It won't, <laughs> all right. It won't be that bad. All right, he's a, he's a businessman, Mike. It's going to cost us. I saw recently. I saw a fan came by and took a picture of you at, at the at the smoothie place. Are you, are you there pretty much all the time? Are you, you know, fans come by, want to say hello to you? You you going to be around and and giving them good smoothie advice when they show up there? Yeah, definitely. I'll be there almost. I mean, I work out every day, so you're going to catch me at the gym. It's right at a, it's at a gym, so yeah, I basically be there every day, early till about nine, eight sometimes. Okay. Well, make sure you check it out at, at against Fit Smoothie Orlando. You can catch it on on Instagram. You said Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff, right? You can make sure you follow along. Uh, I think the address was what six six four nine Amroy Court. So make sure you go check out uh, Fit uh, uh, Fit Smoothie Orlando and say hi to Snelson out there. Maybe he'll he'll give you a high five. Maybe he'll tell you uh, what's in that what's in that Hawaiian thing if you if you want. Maybe he'll give you the secrets to all that. But uh, but make sure you check him out. Uh, so we can't let you go. We got to ask you a couple of fun questions before we uh, wrap this thing up. So we got some rapid fire random questions. Could be music, movies, sports, could be anything at all. And here's my first one for you. Uh, again, you you made some big time plays in big time games for UCF. But if I told you that you're probably most famous for the sideline Snelson dance, is that <laughs> do you do you find that fun or is that something that you wish was never caught on camera? And honestly, that was just me being me. Like, if you see me every day in practice, like, I I just, you know, just do a lot of crazy stuff. You know, it's a lot of us. It was a lot of us like that, honestly. It's just for me. But <laughs> it, was, it was it was a funny experience. You know, it was expected of me. So it was just like, like all right. All right. So. Is, there, is there a name for that dance? Is there something we can call that? I mean, I call it the Snelson. Is that is that the right name for it? They call it so many things, honestly. Like, like it was so it was so many titles for it. Then it was uh, so many songs they did with like memes for it. So I I don't I don't even know what to call it, honestly. Does anybody come up to you today and ask you to do it for them? Like, if I if I hit you up at Fit Smoothie Orlando, will you break out the Snelson for me? Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, we could we could we could do it. We could do something. We could we. All we right. All right. I got to buy a lot of smoothies, though, first, right? Before I get this Nelson yeah, dance? Yeah, definitely. That's fair. All right, that's fair. You can do something. All right, the Super Bowl halftime show that we just watched, Snoop, Dre, Eminem, all those, all those guys were back when me and Adam were back in college, young, our time. If you can pick out a Super Bowl halftime show 20 years from now with, with the guys you're listening to today, who would you want to see on that show in a few years? Snoop Dogg. Again, would be damn near eighty at that point. He's gonna be eighty years old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, else was I think everybody else was up there, you know, pretty, pretty much older. I mean, yeah, I'm talking about the guys you listen to now. Huh? I don't. How old is Snoop Dogg? I'm not even sure. I know he's like he's what? like fifty. Fifty. Yeah. Yeah, he's still gonna be cool at eighty. Ah, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Snoop Dogg coming back. <laughs> hey, I'm down with it too. I'll, I'll watch it again. Twenty years. He's gonna be very. He's still gonna be cool. Cool. How you be cool? <laughs> Snoop Dogg. All right. So we talked about this earlier. You guys had a ton of speed on those teams, right? You know, at AK, right? You had a bunch of guys who were super fast. If you lined up all those guys and had one forty-yard dash race, who comes out as the winner? We we had this conversation a thousand times, me and AK. So I'ma just set it straight. Me. Okay. If you really want to be honest, because you know, I'm just they know. They know. We don't we we don't I don't race everybody else. I think I raced Mike. I think I don't race Mike before. After practice. And Mike was pretty, you know, Mike fast, Mike Mike Hughes fast. So it was supposed to be A AK, Mike, me. Uh, Trey Quan was in that category as well. And yeah, they know. 
So here's a sleeper Ooh. candidate. We've had a few people tell us it was low key fast that you wouldn't expect. Jacob Harris. Oh, honestly, he yeah he would probably he yeah he's a freak. He's a freak. Good way, like he's he's pretty fast. I think he run. Yeah, he's fast. He's fast. He's got like the world's longest. He's like a pterodactyl. He's got like the world's longest legs. Yeah, man. You know, once he get going, you know, once he get to rolling, he's he's yeah. That's like a. I don't. I couldn't even describe that. That's like a. I don't know, especially when like open up and run. Like it's, you know, he fast. Fast. It's crazy. It's crazy fast. Who was the slowest guy in that room? Go ahead, call him up. In what room? The receiver room? In the rec- between the receivers and the running backs, I guess both. Oh, the slowest. Marlon. Ah, who the slowest? You know, Taj. Taj had a little speed. <laughs> Taj, Taj, Taj had a little speed. Say Taj. A little. <laughs> a little speed. Yeah. Taj. You get that though, you know. That's because Tristan Hill knocked the entire defense over. I mean, he had no one to, he had no one to chase him down. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. What about <laughs> Mike? Said, what about Marlon? Oh, Marlon. <laughs> <laughs> we got the answer. <laughs> I think we got our answer. Marlon no. got faster as his Marlon career went on. Fast man, Marlon. Marlon, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to him. He big, but he fast, but you know. He, I'm gonna say he fast, man. Yeah, <laughs> he got faster because his freshman year he was a little heavier. Yeah, you see, you, you see him his last year. You know, he got he got he got a little little speed. <laughs> he got a little speed. <laughs> All right, so so what was your favorite hangout spot around campus, or maybe not off off campus? Wherever, where'd you guys go to go hang out on the? You know, not during football season. You guys get to go relax a little bit. Where are you going? Ah, uh, it depends. Well, how old am I? Well, you're in college. You want to house parties? You going? Where, where, where's, where are you guys going? Nah, house parties weren't really. Uh, I think we'd probably go to like Bar Louis or downtown, somewhere nice downtown. Pretty much downtown. I would go. Down, we would go downtown. Nice restaurants, for sure. Just right. nice. All right, so we, we've, we've talked to a lot of players across a bunch of different eras. Obviously, the coach before Frost was George O'Leary, and uh, we've, we've had a lot of guys do some really good Coach O'Leary impressions. So who does or who did the best Scott Frost impression of your time when you were there? What, which player, which one of your teammates did the best impression as Coach Frost? Oh, I think it was – I think it was Titus or Vail. Okay. Neville. I think it was Titus. Did, did he have a specific saying that you guys used to say all the time? Something that you guys always used to kind of make fun of him for? No, so which was crazy. I mean, if you know Coach Frost, he doesn't really talk that much. And so when he talks, I mean, you know, when he when he talks, it's you know, something is something is off. So it's just like <laughs> being him, like a mute, like came in there, just just doing everything he does without talking. You know, Coach Frost is just like just so cool. You don't even need to talk. So he was just being him, and it was just that was funny. Well, then you get Hypel, who was the king of like the one-liner cliche, right? Go one and zero, oh, all three phases of the game. You know, snap to whistle. You know, compete right. on the grass. Uh, he just had all of them. You you guys had to have laughed at some of those, right? I mean, he's. I think the statute of limitations is up now. You guys had to laugh at some of those. What was your favorite? Hypel saying, "Was it go one to know all three phases? What, what was your favorite? That 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 one and no, that going one no. You know, he said that a lot. You know, it's just a just a different style of coaching. You know, just you get that with a bunch of different coaches, just very different. You got me. All right, didn't he say that after every sentence? <laughs> he did say you got me a lot. Yeah. Oh man, so." <laughs> What's your favorite uh, pregame meal? You have a tradition? You eat the same thing before every game or no? Honestly, I like pasta. I would think I would get pasta with chicken tenders and fries. Like chicken alfredo or shrimp alfredo or chicken tenders and fries for sure. That doesn't slow you down. Do you eat that before a game? Yeah. Or that's after a game? Uh, I mean, that's honestly both. I mean, I'm not big on that. You know, you got to eat healthy to play good. I mean, I'm being honest with you. So, 
I eat pasta, chicken tenders, and fries. Chicken tenders and fries are really a cheeseburger. I like cheeseburgers. It was cheeseburger, chicken tenders, and fries. You work out a lot. Like as long as you work out a lot, you can play football. Burn it off, yeah. All right, we've seen your 20 year old guy. (laughs) That's also fair. We've seen your dancing skills, right? But if you had to pick one reality TV show that you had to be a part of, right? If you had to go on like American Idol, Dancing with the Stars, The Bachelor, what one reality show would you want to be the star of? Honestly, probably The Bachelor of, or I'll go to uh, Temptation Island. Oh, wow. Okay. But The Bachelor sounds, you know, they need something special. All right. I can't argue that. I can't argue with that. Yeah, I can't, I can't argue that. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be on a show with 20 women throwing themselves at you every That's night? Fair. Yeah. Right? I mean, it plays, it plays a big role. But, you know, it's, it teaches you a lot as a man to just go on that show. So I feel like I just, I would be up for it. All right. We know you can dance, but can you sing? Nah. Nah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jerry, I, you're not, you're not, you're just sitting back. You're not participating. You're watching. It depends on the song. Well, what can so, you sing? Who? I can't sing anything, but I could like mumble the exact words because I know the song. But I can't sing. I, I can't. Sing. You're like a backup <laughs> vocal guy. You're kind of the guy in the background. Yeah, like you know, okay. hype man. Yeah, I turn honestly. I turn the radio up. You know, I act like I'm. You know, it sound good with the song. So. I think I could, but no, nah, I can't sing. <laughs> Look, you got more skills than we do. So, I mean, you, uh, we'll give you a pass uh, on that one for sure. But listen, it was fun to catch up with you, man. We appreciate you giving us so much time. Again, don't forget, check out uh, Fit Smoothie Orlando. Uh, you can find him on Facebook, find him on Instagram. Again, 6649 Amroy Court. Go out there, get yourself a good smoothie, get a workout in while you're there. If, if uh, Snelson's there, make sure you stop by, say hi. He definitely wants to hang out and meet you guys as well, too. So make sure you support him and uh, what he's doing. And, look, we appreciate you taking some time, Jedrick, man. Hopefully we'll catch up with you. Good luck on the dream. I know you're still out there training and and working hard to, to get back into playing football, man. So we definitely wish you the best of luck with all that stuff, too. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you guys for having me, man. Thank you. All right, man. Charge on. Guys, you charge on. This is UCF head football coach Gus Malzahn. You're listening to the Future of UCF podcasting with Adam and Mike on the Sons of UCF. Boom. Awesome to catch up with uh, with Dredricks Nelson. Like he had some uh, some fun stories. Obviously, he was part of some great teams at UCF. And I swear, again, I was watching the highlight tapes before the interview. That guy, every game, it felt like he was making a big play, and especially a lot of the big games we had. I think we kind of forget some of that stuff just as history's kind of gone on. But I encourage everyone to just to Google some of his highlights. Man, he had some big plays. Yeah, you go back. That's when they started doing the night flicks after all these games, and I mean, he was a big part of a lot of them. And if you go back and watch the seventeen and eighteen season. I mean, the championship games, the the Peach Bowl itself, touchdown after touchdown. Anytime you need, you know, he was probably my favorite receiver. Don't tell uh, Traquan Smith or anything, but at that time, I loved Nelson. I, I don't have any time to talk to <laughs> Traquan in the near future. Yeah, he look, he made big play. Like I felt like every game, he was the guy making the play, uh, and uh, he was on the receiving end of that stuff too. So cool to catch up with him. Cool to see him doing something unique and, and starting a business. Obviously, uh, we all kind of had that dream of being our own boss, and you know he's giving it a go with uh, with uh, Fit Smoothie Orlando. So definitely something you guys should check out if you're in the area. Again, you got the address. Make sure you stop by. Get that Hawaiian thing. I guess I don't really know. Mike, what what's your smoothie of choice? What are you? Are you strawberry banana kind of guy? What are you? Where are you going smoothies? I'm usually a chocolate banana peanut butter. If you got it, uh, that's my whole thing. Maybe you know, throw in a couple other fruits if you want, but chocolate peanut butter banana. Chocolate peanut butter banana can't can't uh, can't go wrong with that, Mike. And you know what else you can't go wrong with, my friend? That is Manscaped. That's the shirt I'm. The shirt I'm wearing today is Manscaped, Mike. Obviously, last week we told everybody a little bit more about Manscaped. Uh, we're proud to let everybody know that uh, we are now brought to you by Manscaped. Again, they are the best m- men's below-the-waist grooming champion in the world. Four million men worldwide trust Manscaped, Mike. We have an offer for them. I don't know if you know about this offer, Mike. 20% off plus free worldwide shipping. Go to manscaped.com. Promo code Sons of UCF, Mike, and you can have a sleek look, a sleek trimmer against the lawnmower 4.0, right? It's not the 3.0, it's not the 2.0, it's not the 
It's not even the 1.0, Mike. It's the 4.0, and it's something that you use it. You'll have some confidence. Mike's got four fingers up there. It's the ultimate groin and body trimmer. Again, guys, if you're using the same razor shaver situation, if you're shaving your, your face and your balls with the same thing, we got to talk. And we're luckily we're having this conversation now, Mike. I know you are a guy who uh, you got the kits. You got all the free stuff. You're looking at everything. I know you gave it a test drive. Valentine's Day was just yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume mm-hmm. the lucky ladies in everyone's life out there that Manscaped is really happy, Mike. I know you've enjoyed your Manscaped experience so far as well. That's right. And you can, I mean, get fancy with it. Put a couple of designs in there. I put a nice heart shape in there for yesterday. Wife went wild. You know, uh, St. <laughs> Patrick's Day is coming up. <laughs> a little four leaf clover, right? You know, you gotta be you careful. To... I, but luckily, this thing won't hurt you, but you need to be careful with that stuff. <laughs> yeah, but this thing also has a light on it. So even mm. if you're just in a, a poorly lit bathroom, you see exactly what you're working with down there. The, the, the Manscaped has been a godsend for me. I love it. I'm going to use it again you know, in another day or two. You know, keep things okay. fresh. Yeah. You know, you're not going to shave down there every day, but every once in a while, you got to keep things clean. Well, can you imagine how just how dangerous a scenario this would be if you were using something other than Manscaped for the shamrock or for the heart or for UCF logo for, for whatever reason? I mean, we're talking like an American uh, pie situation. We're talking like a uh, just a, a whole bunch of uh, uh, just bad stuff going on. Luckily, the Manscaped thing, it's not going to hurt you safe it's effective mike said there's a light on there again it's the 4.0 it's going to keep you safe so do us a favor right now you get 20 percent off free shipping sons of ucf's your promo code go to manscaped.com 20 percent off and make sure that let them know that you enjoy their product put our promo code in there they'll tell us all about it everyone will be happy mike and uh you know if maybe here's another thing guys you screwed up for valentine's day didn't you you forgot about it it was a Monday after the Super Bowl. You hung over. You got up the next day and you're like, oh, no, I forgot flowers. I got nothing right. You know, you, you, you tried to make it up to the lady in your life. And she was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You still have time. All right. Go to manscaped.com. Get yourself a nice little kit. Promo code sons UCF. Surprise her this weekend. Hey, say, honey, that was my fault. I messed up Valentine's Day, but I'm going to make it up to you. Boy, do I have a surprise for you. <laughs> and I promise you, I think it's going to turn out well for you. That's just what I'm saying, Mike. Yeah. Just wait off a little bit before you carve in the Sons of UCF logo down there. Mm-hmm. Don't do that for the first time. You know, Not for Valentine's, no, no. Right, no. Just clean, basic look at first. Then yeah. later, football season comes around. You draw the Suns down there and see what she says. Manscaped.com, promo code Sons of UCF is where you want to go, Mike. Uh, do you have any cow of the week? I know we uh, we usually rehearse this. Uh, Super Bowl was this Sunday. Any any cows of the week? What do you think of the big game? Uh, anything kind of catch your fancy as you watch that uh, that particular Super Bowl? Yeah, spring this on me like this. You know I'm never prepared for cow I know. of the week. Even when I know it's coming. Now I don't I know, know it's coming. I, know. I have no idea what's I know. coming. Uh, the Super Bowl itself, I enjoyed the Super Bowl, man. I, I went to my buddy Rick's house. The guy, I got to tell you, he's not good for much. But he's good for a great Super Bowl party every okay. year. I love going to this guy's house. He even stepped it up another notch. He put a big giant projector screen out in the backyard too. He's got like four or five TVs going throughout the whole house, food everywhere. I had a great time. Don't really remember much about the game, but that's mm-hmm. how I know I had a great time. <laughs> yes. Uh, I know the Rams won, and I didn't win any money on the box pools or any of my mm. bets. So there was that. So maybe your cow of the week. Okay, well, how's this? Um he does a prop sheet where he's got about 20 props for the game. It's 10 bucks. You fill out the props. Whoever gets the most right wins, right? So I told a couple other buddies about it before. They wanted to get in. I put their money in. They filled out the form. One of my guys won the whole thing. My brother-in-law, actually. Well, he got 13 out of 19 questions, right? Won the whole thing. Won a pot of about 240 bucks. Now, I had a big dilemma. He wasn't mm-hmm. at the party. He doesn't mm-hmm. know he won. <laughs> he doesn't know how many questions it took to win this thing. He mm. has no idea. So I could have either gone home with all the money, kept mm-hmm. it to myself. Hey, none of us won. Um, told him he won, but didn't tell him how much he actually won and kept a little uh, profit. for well, finder's Not profit, okay. but make my money back that I lost on all the other bets or uh, give him the whole thing. What do I do? Knowing you, you probably gave him the whole thing. You, I feel like you're an honest guy. You're a guy who you do the right thing at all times. I feel like you gave him the whole thing. I told him I'm going to give him the whole thing. <laughs> I haven't given it to him yet, but yeah, I am going to okay. give him the whole thing. I was thinking about holding back at least a little bit. I don't know. I, I sat on it for a day without saying anything to him. But then mm-hmm. I did t- tell him last night that he won. 
So I'm going to end up giving them the whole thing just because okay, I don't yeah. want that bad karma. I don't need somebody ripping me off yeah. later down the road. Yeah, or I, else I, I would be the cow no of the week, I guess, right? Well, it depends. I mean, we should, that, that's an audience vote. We should put that up for a poll whenever we uh, release the show. What would you do in this scenario? Because that's, you could, to your point, get away with it. If you don't like your brother-in-law, that's a really easy thing you want to do, right? No one will ever know the difference. Or if you shave a little off the top, right? Just a little finder's fee, a little brokerage fee, a little handler's fee, right? Just enough to get you your money back, maybe a six-pack for the weekend. I, I don't think anyone would fault you for that. That's right. I spent 50 bucks on box pools and my own uh, prop bet picks. That's 50 mm. bucks. And I spent about another uh, 40 bucks on Ubers on the, on the way there and back. So I, I could have easily recouped myself. But, you know, I'll do the right thing. I'll give the guy his money. And uh, yeah. hopefully things come back around for me later. I was going to nominate you for Cow of the Week anyway, because I think I saw on Twitter, you finally came around. You joined the right side <laughs> of history. <laughs> Super Bowl Saturday night. We talked about this in a previous show. You were lukewarm. You're like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. It's a game. I'll watch it whenever, right? But all of a sudden at, at Monday, and it was like 11 a.m., which told me that you weren't <laughs> awake before 11 a.m. 11 a.m. tweet from UCF Mike One here that basically said, Super Bowl Saturday, when is this happening? I assume you've now come over to the dark side of Saturday night Super Bowls. Yeah. See, I was awake. I was at work. <laughs> I was up. <laughs> Actually, at six o'clock, whatever it was, to take the girls to school and all that stuff, it was rough. Mm. Super Bowl Monday was rough, and around eleven o'clock, I was just feeling decent enough to even post anything on Twitter. That's how bad it was. But um, yeah, I'm coming over to that side now. Super nice. Bowl Saturday, it's the way to go. You know, it's the age. I'm 41 now. I can't bounce back the next day like I used to. Today's Tuesday. I still wasn't feeling completely <laughs> back to 100 percent all day today. I'm feeling okay now, but uh, it's yeah. bedtime, so. <laughs> or just make that Monday a national holiday. Everybody gets the day off. It's an easy fit. If you want to keep it on Sunday, if there's some sort of logistical reason for it, that's fine. NFL, do what you got to do. Then just make Monday a day off. Everyone's going to call off anyway. Work productivity has got to be like an absolute abysmal for anybody on that day, right? So let's just let's just call it what it is. Let's all be honest and just give that day off. It's not hard. Yeah, this day, election day, they should just be national holidays. Nobody goes to work. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. Everybody in America is watching the Super Bowl, even if you don't care about the game. I didn't care about either team. And to be honest, I didn't even really remember who won the next day. <laughs> so it was like, who cares about the game? I just want to have fun. I want to go to a party. I'm not typically going to parties on Sundays. But uh, Super Bowl Sunday, I got to make the exception. Here's the other thing I want to know. And if anyone's listening to us, you probably don't fall in this category. If you or you, somebody you know did not watch the Super Bowl, what the hell were they watching then, right? Because that's like literally the only thing on TV at that point. I'm always baffled by someone who's like, oh, I didn't watch the game. Well, what did you do then? Like, that was the only thing going on. What, did you read a book? Did you go to the movies? So do you know anybody who A, didn't watch the game, and B, what did they actually do during that four-hour time block? Because I don't know how you escaped that. Yeah, my mom. My mom never watches the Super Bowl. She doesn't care. She doesn't that's know fair, who's okay. in the Super Bowl. She doesn't know the difference between a first down and a touchdown. She does not care about football. And if it's not the Giants and it's like a family where we're all having a big party, she won't go to a, like, she'll, she just won't even waste her time. I don't know what she watches. She'll watch some kind of Netflix show or I don't know what mm. she does, but okay. she does not care about the Super Bowls. That's the one person that I know. Everybody Moms, else pretty yeah. much pays okay. attention. Yeah, I'm always curious what you're watching if you're not watching the Super Bowl. Well, hey, thanks for watching this. This is a new kind of format episode Mike and I were doing this week. Not a lot of UCF news going on, so we don't want to waste your time by telling you that, hey, you know, we're going to keep on looking for stuff because there's really nothing going on. Cam Good, Mike entered the portal today, uh, which was kind of rumored for a little bit of time. Obviously, a bit of a, a hit on the D-line depth, but outside of that, not a heck of a lot going on in uh, UCF land. And whatever is happening, Thursdays, don't forget the live show. Mike, Trace, and I will be live 8 to 9, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, so you can catch up on all that good stuff there. So kind of a short abbreviated sort of new format kind of episode. It'll be audio. It'll be video. So make sure you check it out. Go to the YouTube page. Mike Trace has been just killing the interview game. Cindy Ball Malone last week. Greg Love Lady today. Trace, if, if you coach at UCF, Trace Trunk goes in the trunk of your car right now waiting to talk to you. So you better <laughs> you better just open up the trunk, let him talk to you, and it'll be on our YouTube page, Mike. So a lot going on, but uh, it was good to catch up with Nelson. Good to do a kind of unique style episode tonight. And I uh, can't wait to talk to everybody on Thursday during the live show. How about that softball team? Way to kick off the season, though. The, you know, the bat flip, walk off, Shannon Doherty, 902-1-0. Yeah, where was Elo I? I did not call. know that. Yeah, I, there, Elo really – I didn't hear his uh, home run call because the version I heard was the, the other announcer. If Elo doesn't break in some sort of a, a 902-0 reference this year, I know well, he's a 902-0 he guy. Did he? 
he didn't say it directly, but he said Doherty sends it to the winning zip code or something like Something yeah. about the zip code. He didn't quite say no to a no. But he, I know. I need. He, I need better. I need better. Like I haven't seen Shannon Doherty like that since Dylan. Mc- I need something. Like I need something from <laughs> Elo. I know he's a nine hundred two and fan. I need something. Yeah. Uh, wasn't she famous for calling people a bitch? And- Shannon Doherty. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. I but, probably uh, shouldn't say that in a broadcast. <laughs> Elo is a professional. Like he's not like us. Yeah. He's not gonna. No, he's not gonna do that. But our good but, buddy BJ Taylor all of a sudden is also now yes. a famous broadcaster. Yeah, thanks to us, right? I, mean, I guess, I, right? We said we were going to take credit for it. We're taking credit for it. Congratulations, <laughs> DJ. Go be Very good job. First game on ESPN Plus last night. I see many more in his future. He actually did really well. I'm not just saying this because he comes on the show, but he had a lot of energy. He was he was explaining the game. He was definitely excited. I didn't think he was too much of a homer for UCF. I actually thought he did a nice job, so I'm excited to see uh, what BJ's uh, career looks like. Mike, we're just launching people's careers around here. I mean... When when do you and I all all I want you and I to get a chance to do is call one UCF baseball game. I think you put you and I in the booth, nine innings. We have nothing but time to talk about Manscaped and the twenty percent off you get with Sons UCF promo code. We have we have all kinds of time. I think you and I just need one nine inning baseball game. Yeah, we don't even have to be at the park, right? We could do it like this: watch the game ready, live. Yeah. And, yeah, why not? That's everybody did it during the pandemic. We've proven it's can, it can be done. Hook us up. Well, I'm down to do it. Even if we have to uh, go there that for for one uh, one Saturday afternoon for a game, like that's a nice little trip, right? We head up there, and, you know, we'll sign some autographs. I'm sure we need to figure out a way to get <laughs> us in the uh, in the baseball booth. That's that's I don't know who we got to talk to. Maybe BJ Taylor. Be apparently, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna be like Bob Uecker and uh, Monty and <laughs> uh, dynamite dropping major league. <laughs> dynamite <laughs> dropping. All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, for tuning in. I, this is what episode one sixty nine of the show, Mike. So if you're listening to us on audio. Thank you for doing that. But you can go to the YouTube page. We'll post this entire hour long extravaganza with uh, with Dredrick Nelson again. Big thanks to him. Make sure you're finding us on social media at Sons UCF everywhere. Follow us on uh, on YouTube as well on uh, at Sons UCF and our uh, website twonightsmedia.com. Don't forget all that stuff, Mike. I will not forget. I want to see you guys go on there. Give us some reviews. Give us some thumbs up. Five-star ratings, and let's get this puppy moving, man. Let's keep this train rolling. Manscaped. Don't forget about that either. Go on there. 20% off. Don't forget Paper and Lace. We didn't mention them today either. The Paper and Lace Boutique.com. Check her out. we got a bunch of sponsors now. We're going to end up doing like uh, 20 commercials per episode. Yeah, we're gonna be like Joe Zagacki after a while. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> and that's the plumbers nine one one goal line. We're gonna be, you know, we're gonna be tossing to different, <laughs> different, uh, different things throughout the show. But uh, again, Thursday live show. Don't forget to uh, check us out there. Until then, everybody, have a fantastic week. Go Knights. Sports Social Podcast Network.